You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Utes. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Plenty to get to ahead on this episode. Brian, did Kyle Whittingham speak to the media yesterday, and are we going to talk about it? Maybe. <laughs> I, I think we are. We have some uh, highlights, some clips from Kyle Whittingham's media session we'll dig into, as well as catching up on everything else we took away from Utah football availability on Monday, day five on Monday of Utah fall camp. So plenty to dig into in that regard, and we'll have some fun along the way, obviously. Who knows what Brian will come up with, because that mind has always got something, and we'll figure it out along the way, won't we? Me and Hans Olsen, you don't want to walk around up here. It's scary. That and Patrick Kinahan, I'll add him to that trio. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But nonetheless, let's have some fun on a Tuesday. This is the Locked On Utes podcast. Oh, by the way, we are brought to you today by our title sponsor, Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. All right, now let's really get it started. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for August 10th. 2021. Once again, welcome into the Locked On Utes podcast. Hope you all are doing great here on this Tuesday. More importantly, I'm Jay Catch. That across from me digitally is my good friend and co-host, Brian Brown. Brian, what is up? How are you, my friend? I am wonderful, Jake. It is a great day to be on the Locked on Utes podcast, just like every single day this week. Uh, And we've got more sound. We too. And we're, so much sound. Well, let's put, it, let's put it this way, folks. You have now entered the time of year and... Pretty much, I would venture to say, for the next six, seven, eight months, this show is going to be dominated by football, and then shortly thereafter, actually kind of coinciding at one uh, the latter half of the football season with the basketball teams. So we're going to have plenty to talk about. We'll have plenty of sound for you, plenty of breakdowns. We'll just have you covered, plain and simple, because that's our goal here is to make sure you guys are the most well-rounded Utah fan that you possibly can be. So, Brian, why don't we dig into some of this audio that we have, and today we're going to talk about what Kyle Whittingham had to say to the media. Uh, by the way, and one observation I have, some of you uh, know that I cover a lot of different sports around this state, uh, whether it's the Jazz, whether it's the team down south, if you will, uh, the BYU football program. I had a fellow media member mention to me, and this is, I'm trying to think when this happened. I think this is Saturday is when this comment was said to me. And they said, Jake, has Kyle Whittingham gotten better and better as the years roll on in terms of his media availability, like it's just overall his media persona? I said, yeah, absolutely no doubt. We're talking about a guy who used to take offense at even the slightest uh, sense of a, what he perceived to be a slight, I guess is what I should say. Anymore, though, Kyle Whittingham has become just an absolute media darling, and he does a great job giving the media good information while also not revealing too much. I think it's twofold. I think the the media members that surrounding him understand Kyle a lot better. 
Uh, they know what to ask. They know how to interact with him. And I think he's a lot more comfortable in his position. You know, like you, you, everyone is uncomfortable when they feel the pressure, right? How do you dare apply pressure to Kyle Whittingham's seat after what he's done to this program? You know, Sugar Bowl in 2008, basically leaving it from the sellers of the Pac-12 into prominence. Two out of the three last, two out of the last three years, they've been in the Pac-12 championship game, and they're geared up and looking phenomenally for another entry into that foray. Uh, but I think part of it too is that Kyle Whittingham has evolved along the way as well, and I think he's become more understanding of everything surrounding college football, not just what happens on the field and, and, and recruiting and going through the transfer portal and evolving with his players. I think he's a case study in how to stay relevant as you age as a coach. And you see it in his media uh, interactions as well. And, and I think, again, the other part of it too, like how do you not have fun with the guys that are up there? Josh Furlong, Josh Newman, Bill Riley does a great job. You and I have had a good time in the in the scrums up there. When PK goes up there, you always know it's going to be a battle between he and Wit. Uh, it's almost like they have some some history or something like that. Who knows? Um, yeah, I just sit back and, and record and, and watch and enjoy the show. Um, but this is a staff that really is having a great time, and I think we're really seeing that across college football as well. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. And that evolution brings us to our first stop here on our highlights of what Kyle Whittingham is going to talk about, what we're going to highlight on today's podcast. And he was asked a question, this came from David James, about the passing game. And DJ asked the question, Kyle, you obviously have already stated that you want to have a more prolific passing attack but are you willing to stomach more turnovers potentially in the pursuit of that? And Kyle Whittingham had a very interesting answer about that, and let's play it, and then we'll kind of elaborate about this on the other side. So here you go. Well, we still got to take care of the football, and, and uh, we still got to win the turnover battle each game. That's not going to change. But, uh, you know, when you do throw the ball, the ball's in nobody's hands, and it's up for grabs. It's not like when you're running it and you got it secured. There should never be an issue with that, although there's going to be at, at times, realistically. But but uh, to say just because we're going to, you know, emphasize throwing the ball more, we're going to be uh, able to tolerate a bunch more turn turnovers? No, that's not the case. we got to take care of it, make good decisions. But, but uh you know, it's all about efficiency in the throw game, and and I look for us to be if we can be 150 plus. There's a, there's an equation and a formula that the NC2A uses for a pass efficiency, and if we can hit that 150 plus mark, then then we're in good shape. That takes into account everything: picks, touchdown passes, yards per attempt, completion percentage, the whole uh, you know the whole gamut of, of statistics. There you go, Kyle Whittingham and Brian. I think this is a number, that passing efficiency number, as he mentioned. If they get over that 150 mark, he said we're going to essentially win more games than we lose by a pretty wide margin. But he also said the fact, yeah, he won't sacrifice the pursuit of having a prolific passing attack if it's going to hurt his team in the turnover department. He wants to win the turnover battle. That's one of the key pillars of Kyle Whittingham's coaching like, mantra. But very interesting to hear him. And when Kyle Whittingham, by the way, this is just me, you can elaborate on this. When he mentions a number and a statistic, you can guarantee, you can take it to the bank that if that number is hit, he knows exactly what the percentages are that his team is going to have success. We've talked about how Kyle Winningham has evolved, but I don't know that we really give enough credence to the fact that he's become an analytical darling 
in his own way. Now, he's not out there talking about DVOA and all that kind of stuff. I'm uh-huh. pretty sure he's not Googling football outsiders. But the university and the football team itself has always done research and evaluation, and he uses those data points. And I think it's become almost a point of pride to him, and, and understandably so. You know, he talks consistently about the turnover margin and the turnover battle. To, today, he's talking about passing efficiency and, and how that number needs to be at a certain point. I think a lot of what it is is this is Kyle defending his decision making because he does understand that there are narratives out there about his offense. And we've seen it in the past that people have argued like he micromanages everything. And guess what? Like he's consistently proven that that's not the case. He's going to try and do that again this year. They were stacked at running back this summer, were they not? Makai Bernard, TJ Pledger, Chris Curry all had very strong spring ball sessions, all showed out well. So what they do? They went out and got the Juco version of Derrick Henry, and now all of a sudden no one can stop talking about Tavion Thomas, which, by the way, Jake, what did we say back in the day when he first signed? Look out for Tavion Thomas, right? We did. So we know, we're telling you, listen up, y'all. I, I, like, I'm not going to try and dispute what Kyle's saying, but he's absolutely correct. They hit that 150 number, and then what are they going to do for the rest of the game? They're going to hand the damn ball off. Yeah, no, he, he he knows these numbers, and you're right. He's become just an analytical uh, guy. And you mentioned he's not necessarily going to always live and die by the numbers. He's still very much a coach who coaches according to his gut feeling on a lot of different things, but he does consult those numbers and he knows exactly what is what. All right, we'll get to some more of Kyle uh, Kyle's highlights from his media session. Interesting notes on the tight ends, interesting note on the quarterback battle, and you already mentioned the running backs, Brian. Some very interesting notes in that regard as well. We'll dig into all of that ahead on today's podcast. First, though, let's take a minute and talk about our good friends over at Bet Online. Brian, of course, Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You had some fun during the Olympics. How did you ultimately come out of the Tokyo Games? We had fun. That's the most important part, okay, Jake. Okay, good, uh, good. As, as I spoke to everybody yesterday, you know what? Like, we're into the money-making season for you and I. This is where we really uh, stack them dollars daily, as, as uh, the kids in the neighborhood around me like to say. Um, but this is my season. This is where I can start to really dig in. And, and I understand college football, and I'm learning about lines. And guess what? When you go to betonline.ag, they have all the information, all the news, all the updates, everything that you need for that kind of of on-the-fly growth, if, if you will, but they also have all sorts of different options, great lines. They have all sorts of promotions all the time, including one that we're going to give you today. Shocking. If you use the promo code Locked On, you're going to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Yeah, it's really simple, folks. Get free money from BetOnline, as Brian said. All you got to do is go sign up for your free account now at betonline.ag. While you're there, when you make that first deposit, Use that promo code Locked On and get that 50% welcome bonus. Free money to have some fun with. It's all courtesy of Bet Online, as they are your online sportsbook experts. Continuing on now with our look at what we learned from Utah football availability on Monday. By the way, day six of training camp or fall camp is today for the Utes. That means 19 practices remaining until the Utes will kick things off against Weber State. Brian, it's coming fast, man. I'm, I'm excited. Football is on the way. It feels like it's far away, but I promise you one blink and we're going to be right there. Uh, kind of like the Utah running back room running down the grills of their opponents. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And Kyle spoke about the running backs. And 
Very interesting here. The question, uh, another question coming in from David James, and DJ, by the way, was on fire yesterday. He, he was asking some really, really good questions. And he asked the question, well, Kyle, what is the p- big play potential of all four of the running backs? We've already chronicled them, TJ Pledger, Chris Curry, Mekhi Bernard, as well as the man, the myth, the legend, Tavion Thomas. Well, what is their big play potential for all four of them? And here's what Kyle's response was. Some are more explosive than others, but uh, each one of them is capable of, of uh, explosive plays. I would say probably TJ and Makai are the, the guys right now that are, that are showing the most explosiveness, but Chris Curry is more of a hammer inside, and, and Tavion's still trying to, like I said, get himself where he needs to be physically, and, and he has big play capability, I believe. You look at the JC tape, he certainly did, so that's what we expect out of him. There you go, Kyle Whittingham, and one thing I want to to take away from that is he actually mentions, hey, did you watch Tavion Thomas's highlight reel, his Juco highlight reel? Yeah, that's the guy we're expecting him to be. And I, he expects all four of these guys, whoever is in the game, whoever gets maybe the bulk or the lion's share of the reps, he expects them to go out there and make plays and to break plays when the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, and, and that's really... Um, what Utah is dealing with in terms of, yeah, I know that fans want to see a high-flying passing attack, but listen, this is going to be a running football team, and for good reason, because there are the kind of players, and and I should, I should structure that comment a little bit better with with the caveat that these are guys that are multidimensional that can do a variety of different things. You know, Tavion Thomas, we know athletically what he's built at, 6'3", 240, he's going to be 230, according to Kyle Whittingham. 231 as of yesterday, according to Kyle Whittingham. Already down. So if the if my if my guy's burning that kind of weight, you know how much uh, effort he's putting into it. He's also a terrific blocker, and that's something that's been pointed out a lot on the, the boards at zone, so it gives him some versatility. TJ Pledger, huge big play potential. Makai Bernard, we've actually seen a little bit of it, just small little flat. Flashes. But what's hard to remember is that he was playing behind Ty Jordan, who is showing these massive big flashes. So there's a lot of talent and versatility in that backfield, and the ways that they can get them the ball will make them even more explosive because it's going to put them into matchup situations that they can win. It's like switching defenders in basketball. We're essentially taking our Steph Currys and switching them on to uh, Nurkic every single play. Why have to do use of Nurkic like that? Big man, go, big tree fall hard, Jake. Big tree fall hard. <laughs> big tree does fall hard. There's no doubt about that. But you got a very good point there. I actually really like that analogy, using the NBA analogy, because all four of these running backs offer something different. We've already talked about Tavion Thomas, 6'3", 230 pounds. Uh, we'll get to this at some point this week. Kyle McDonald, the running backs coach for Utah, he was asked, what are your thoughts on uh, – Essentially, I think the question was, what are your thoughts on Tavion Thomas? What what does he bring to the room? His exact response, if I'm, if I'm quoting him uh, incorrectly, I apologize, essentially said, he's 230. <laughs> That's what he brings to that room. He's just a big-bodied back. It's similar to Chris Curry, who's also a similarly built running back, a little bit of a bigger body. Guys like Makai Bernard, maybe more of a threat out of the backfield to catch the ball, but also a guy like TJ Pledger, who's more of that true slasher, kind of that scat back, and I think all of them bring something to the table, and I think all four of them will be given their opportunity to really show what they can do, and that should excite you as a Utah fan, is the versatility of this position group. 
it's a dynamic uh, running back attack, and they're going to have a dynamic running game behind that offensive line and what Andy Ludwig can do with the running game. I think that Utah fans should be more excited about that than they are the proficient or efficient passing attack that seems to be so discussed because Utah is out to establish the kind of running game that Auburn had in the SEC, the kind of running game that Oregon had during the Marcus Mariota era. And it's going to be okay because they're going to have Charlie Brewer back there dropping dimes when he needs to. So he'll have a lot better chances of going uh, going 100% on his passes if he's only throwing 10 or 12 of them. And really, that's what you want, right? Yes, there's no doubt about that. Okay, Brian, one other note here on the running back topic before we move on to other topics from Kyle Whittingham. Have you ever heard Kyle Whittingham explain what he looks for with the, the, the chief attributes, I guess, ranked? Uh, of what he wants in a running back first and foremost and kind of breaking it down from there? You know, never as clearly as he did today. Yeah, so he laid it out there. So here you go. Kyle Whittingham explaining what attributes are most important for the running back and which ones he prioritizes as a coach over others. Here you go. Well, it's all important, but if you had to rank it, taking care of the football is number one. Being able to run the football, all great backs have the same thing in common. When there's nothing there, they make three yards. And that's what you look for. You got to have a guy that, whenever nothing's blocked up, and you got to you got to make something out of nothing. And uh, that that's critical that they uh, they're able to do that. Pass pro and catching the ball out of the backfield. You know those are obviously important as well. Pass pro is probably ranked ahead of catching the ball out of the backfield. Catching the ball out of the backfield is a bonus if you can do it, and you you can do it well at a high level. That just opens up uh, more possibilities for your offensive coordinator. Brian, I'm shocked. Shocked, I say. Ball security is number one as a running back in Kyle Whittingham's system? Come on, let's be real here. Should we we be shocked that he said anything other than that as the chief attribute he wants to see from his backs? Nope. You can't just shake your head. We're on a video here, bud. We're not doing YouTube yet. Podcasting is a visual medium, Jake. I don't know what you're talking about, but it's, it's... That is Kyle Whittingham to his core. He is a big-time graduate of the Dennis Erickson School of Football. If you possess the ball, you will not lose, and that's what he's all about. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. It's been ingrained in him. Yeah, the Dennis Erickson School actually comes from the Fred Whittingham School as well. His father, just absolutely – Fred Whittingham Sr., uh, I should probably get that right, just absolutely ingrained that into him as a young coach, even probably as a player down there at BYU. But (laughs) – cool to hear him actually explain what he looks for and the one element he mentioned there was the catching the ball out of the backfield well that may be the key differentiator for a guy like Mackay Bernard wouldn't it be oh for sure you know I I think um you know I I'm just sitting here thinking like like when you listen to to Whittingham describe that and 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 talk about what he looks for those in those running backs. And you look at the guys that they've had over the years, how they've all slotted into that and the success that they've had because of it. I think Makai Bernard kind of rises to the top as, as a natural candidate to be that. And, and you and I have talked about this. I felt that Bernard was probably going to end up being the guy at the end of the year. Now, as we hear Whittingham talk, it's not so much that he's going to be the guy who's starting in the backfield as it is the guy that's going to be the versatile piece that they can use and move around throughout the offense. And I actually think that that benefits Makai a little bit more because it gives him a chance to showcase what he can really do outside of just having to line up and get those three yards because he does have that big play potential, same with T.J. Pledger. And you have two guys in Tavion Thomas and Chris Curry who can be that three-yard back every time. 
Yeah, they, they can get they can get that tough three yards, as you mentioned. The, the, he wants to see a guy, when nothing's going, they can still get that three yards. And we'll see who ultimately emerges. But I really think Mekhi Bernard is going to have a nice role for himself. And obviously, extra reps are extra reps, and that's good news for him. All right, we will wrap up today's show with even more from Kyle Whittingham. He had really, really good answers yesterday, I felt like. So made that kind of the crux of today's show. We'll get to those other notes here in just a moment. But first, we need to take a minute and talk to you about our good friends at Rock Auto. Brian, I know both of you and I have used this service. What we love about Rock Auto is you can go to their website, and it's rockauto.com. You can search out your vehicle, search out the year, the model, and all of a sudden, it feels like there are just thousands upon thousands of different options for you for your vehicle. Every part under the sun literally is available to you, and it's available to you for a very reasonable price. Yeah, and that's where uh, Rock Auto delivers literally and figuratively jake you're gonna get the best part for the best money drop right there on your doorstep because these people know what they're doing they've been doing it for 20 years it is a family business this is the ultimate car guy just decided hey you know what i'm done dealing with denny down at whatever discount auto parts store i'm gonna build my own thing we're gonna throw the book out we're gonna let you be the one that decides what's in the book and that's what makes Rock Auto great. It's easy to use. The discounts are phenomenal. They're looking out for everyone, not just car guys and or garage guys and or mechanics. They want everybody to join in the fun, just like we do here on Locked on Utes. That's why it's the perfect pairing. Yeah, I admittedly am not a car guy in the purest sense of the word. Rock Auto is my secret weapon when it comes to taking care of my vehicle. So get to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On or Locked On Utes in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, folks, before we go here on this Tuesday edition of Locked On Utes, a couple more clips from Kyle Whittingham's media session. And obviously the topic du jour during this fall season is going to be who is going to be QB1. And there's a raging debate, a raging battle, I guess, on the field, but a raging debate online about the merits of Cam Rising. Should he be given the job considering what he showed in that brief glimpse we saw him last year? Or... They brought Charlie Brewer in for a reason, so let him be the guy. Well, an, an interesting question was asked of Kyle Whittingham, Brian, about if the familiarity in Andy Ludwig's offense for a guy like Cam Rising should give him the leg up on a guy like Charlie Brewer. But Kyle Whittingham says it's really not all that disparate in terms of what the overall gap is between these two. Well, it should help him a bunch, but Charlie Brewer has really, ever since he set foot on campus, has been studying nonstop, and so I would assume that that gap is closed. It appears to be closed and, and almost even as far as command of the offense. Well, I think this goes back to some of the comments that we heard from the coaches in the anonymous uh, Athlon Sports interviews, that they don't do anything too outrageous at the position. Now, that was a little bit different under the Troy Taylor system, where it was much more based on feel and intuition and, and repetition with whatever wide receivers were around you. Uh, this system is, is more progressive. It is more mm -hmm. uh, pre-snap read-based. Uh, it is more based off of building from what you're generating in the run game. And so catching up, 
probably not the uh, most difficult task on the planet. And uh, that's not to disparage past quarterbacks who have played at the University of Utah. But Charlie Brewer is a fifth-year starter. He's done this. He's done it on multiple stages in 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 terms of the pat or the college football hierarchy and you know from being an under the radar team to being a playoff contender and and having all the focus on top of you so of course he's going to be able to to make up some ground in that now does he have the same kind of chemistry and relationships that cam rising does with wide receivers we're going to find out uh but that's a very promising statement from kyle whittingham in terms of Boy, I don't know if the new guy is going to know the offense soon enough. He is. Yeah, he, he's picked it up. There's no doubt about that. So very interesting to hear him talk about that and say that Charlie Brewer has just really been on top of things he's showed up. But it shouldn't surprise folks. I, I want to make it very clear. It should not surprise you what Charlie Brewer is doing. This is a veteran guy. He knows he's got one shot to do this at Utah, and he wants to make the most of it. There's no doubt about that. Now, final thing for today's show, Brian, and I was just intrigued because we have talked about the tight ends on this podcast and the talent that is there. Brant Keithy, obviously the headliner of that unit, but you have guys like Cole Fotheringham, Dalton Kincaid, who are also expected to have big roles on this year's team, but Kyle Winningham spoke to the media yesterday and said there is the dark horse in the position group is really starting to figure things out. Here you go. How's uh, Brant Keithy like since he came back? Is he back to where he no, was Brant before? Keithy, yeah. yeah, he's making plays and the tight end group is is really uh, productive for us between Brant, Dalton Kincaid, Cole Fotheringham's doing a great job and Thomas Yasmin's really made a move. He's uh, really showing up. He's The light switch has gone on for Thomas. Is the rise of Thomas Yasmin here, Brian Brown? Well, I mean, I think it's been coming for a while, so hopefully it's arrived finally. But uh, I think this is the difficulty with Utah faces with with having elite tight end prospects already on the roster and ahead of Yasmin is that a guy who could have showed out even last year has been bumped back one more year. But it was always there with Thomas Yasmin. Let's be clear. The athleticism shown from day one. It was never a question of whether or not he could do this. It was figuring it out along the way and developing into a surefire tight end prospect, a dependable prospect. And I believe that he has finally arrived at that moment. Uh, I felt like it might have been happening last year a little bit, and then we only got to watch five games, four games, how many games? Five. I, I don't remember at this point. <laughs> yeah. And and some of that I really don't want to remember, if we're being honest, Jake, because it was a rough time in the, in the Brown Bears world. But uh, Yasmin is a guy that we've talked about. We heard Stephen and Cameron Beck, uh, Stephen Bartle and Cameron Beck talk on the broadcast crossover about how Yasmin is a guy that we have always believed in and talked about because of who we talked to. And this is finally where Yasmin is, is doing enough to show out in practice to where it's like, okay, we got to talk about this guy. Yeah, it, it's really cool to hear Kyle Whittingham talk about it. But the thought of Utah being legitimately four deep at the tight end spot, that's exciting. And that should have folks really thinking, okay, what are the options for a guy like Andy Ludwig if he has four guys he legitimately can put out there who are quote-unquote tight ends? I believe that a guy like Brant Keithy, he can line up at running back, he can line up at wide receiver, he can line up at slot, he could line up wherever he wants on the field and make a mismatch for you. That's going to open up opportunities for more of the traditional tight end types like a Dalton Kincaid, like a Cole Fotheringham, or in this case, Thomas Yasmin. I, I really like the versatility and the options that are suddenly coming for Andy Ludwig and this offense. 
and and they're going to be able to fit those pieces into a variety of formations and situations. We also heard uh, some commentary from new wide receiver coach Chad Bumfus that uh, Connor O'Toole is starting to pop out a little bit, and that's a good sign for the offense as well. This is going to be a Stanford-level offense going forward. They're going to use big wide receivers. They're going to use heavy sets. They're going to use tight ends in various uh, situations, and, and Utah's going to have some depth and some ability to find some matchups with guys like Thomas Yasmeen where they're not going to see him every single game, but you could see him pop out against maybe a Wazoo or a uh, an Arizona where maybe they don't have the corners on the outside who can deal with his strength and his athleticism, and he's going to pop off on some guys. Now, most teams in the Pac-12 are built to handle the deep streaking that is Jalen Dixon. Now, he is a unique speedster. There's no doubt about it, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of unique speedsters in the Pac-12. How many 6'5", 250-pound dudes are there out there that can run a 4'5", Jake? I don't think there's that many. Well, a lot of them play in the NFL, let's put it that way. If, if they do. Good point. Yeah. So, yeah. Kittles, yeah. Kelsey's. <laughs> I was going to say, they're, they're uh, an elite bunch, let's just put it that way, and Utah happens to have one of them, or at least maybe multiples of them. That's the good news. So some very good comments from Kyle Whittingham. It was a fun show. I thought some good information there, and a big thank you to all of you for joining us here. Brian, of course, you get the final word. What do you have for our listeners? If you're not just jacked, jacked to the jacked to the chin, Jake, then I don't know what's the matter with you at this point. The season's coming, whether whether you're ready for it or not. So get on board, start drinking the Kool Aid. It's going to be a fun season, no matter what, no matter who. The Utes are built to 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 go for it this season, and I'm all in. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to get in the way. You're not getting in the way. That's probably a smart move on your part. But we'll have some fun, obviously. We'll continue to break things down as we go along. More audio throughout camp, obviously, in the upcoming season. We'll have that all covered for you guys every single day. Follow the show on social media, at Locked on Utes on Twitter. Follow a little Brown Bear, at Brown Bear SLC. You can follow myself, if you so desire, at Jacob C. Hatch. And email for the show, really simple, LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. All right, that'll do it. Have a great day. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for August 10th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.